Justin Witter, 10 years old, went missing on a bike ride last night near Jupiter Park. Park Ranger found a bike. No oh boy. I'll let you manage the situation as you see fit. You lead on this. Got it. You're gonna find him. Something strange about the house. How'd you get in here? Connor, open this door! What are you doing? What are you doing? If you did something, you can tell me. What are you talking about? Hey, everybody, welcome. You have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And as you can tell from the title of today's episode, we are talking about I See You, the music video to Liana Lewis's theme to love theme to Avatar. <laughs> oh, I'm not mad about that at all. That was interesting. I, I was expecting yeah. a joke, but not that one. That was, that was a walk. I liked it. <laughs> it's a deep pull yeah. that I've had in my back pocket since last week when Ryan said, hey, we're doing I See You. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Is it weird that I thought intensive care unit right away? No, it's not. Okay, good. When you, like when you say search for it, like with voice control, I think that comes up too. So. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. So this is a movie. This is a movie that came out in two thousand nine. It's the second movie with the same title from twenty. Or, sorry, two thousand nineteen. Um, there's another movie with this title that I'm, I'm pretty sure I watched the right one. We'll find <laughs> out. Um, oh dear. But since this is Ryan's pick for this week, I'm going to go ahead and let him take over and. Take it away, Ryan. Okay, so like Alan said, it was 2019. Um, it was directed by Adam Randall, which I've done some, uh, I did something for like the first time, I think, ever for this podcast. I actually looked up a writer and director in their like history. So I'm knowledgeable <laughs> kind of about this stuff. Adam Randall, it, he hasn't really done much. He's both like a hand. I was uh, going to say, you, you did research on the guy who just like, has done three things. Yeah, like he's done like a handful of movies. And when I mean handful, I mean handful. Because um, I've never heard of these before. And then the writer, uh, Devin Gale? Gale? Sp- Gray. Spells his name like me. Gray. Gray. I'm putting an L in there for no reason. But anyway, um, this is like his first writer credit. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's an actor, though, and he's shown yeah. up on a lot of things. Dexter, he was... N- the not Mark Hamill trickster on the flash. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, a bunch of other shows. Yeah. So this So pretty much a character actor. Yeah. And then best known for American horror story, Dexter and 13 sins. Mm-hmm. So this movie definitely, uh, I felt anyway, had, had a very like indie type feel to it. It just had a bit more money than most indie films have. Um, but anyway, the story behind how I picked this up. Um, Kristen loves going on Amazon Prime and watching trailers. And, yeah. uh, and her status for like giving a movie a shot is if the trailer gets her, 
and mm-hmm. IMDb has a rating of it of at least six or higher, then she'll give it a shot. If the trailer is interesting, she goes to IMDb, it has a six stars or more, she'll start watching it at some point. And this is one that she really liked. Um, it fit that criteria, and she didn't know if I was going to like it or not. And she showed me the trailer, and I got, I was like, ooh, this looks really interesting. And this was about five weeks ago that we actually watched it. Um, and as soon as it was done, I just thought of you guys. And it was like, I really want to know how you guys feel about this. Um, so that's how, like, I first saw it and how I came across it. Uh, who wants to go first? <laughs> I think I'll go first because I'm kind of adjacent to Devin's story for yeah. this. Yeah. Um, so when Devin was in town to do the podcast, uh, I drove him back to his mom's house. And they were watching this movie and they paused the movie when we came in and we talked for a little bit. And then they're like, you need to see who's in this movie. And they rewound it. And they're like, look who that is. Do you know who that is? I was like, is that, is that Helen Hunt? And they're like, yes, look what happened to her. She looks so different. Like, eh. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that was my exposure to this movie. So I knew it was a thing just from that. Um, Otherwise, I just thought she was doing that Mad About You reboot that nobody watched. Um, hmm. But yeah, that, so that was my exposure to it. And then you said we were doing it for the podcast. And I had like no expectations at all for this for this movie. So. Um, OK. Yeah. Yeah. I had no expectations and I was not disappointed. <laughs> Uh, mine was pretty much. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. I honestly, I don't know what to say about this movie because I'm mixed on it. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. So we'll we'll, we'll get into why. I I think it's. I think it's a good reaction to this movie. So mine's a little bit like Alan's, where I walked in with Alan. Obviously, Uh, we talked about Helen Hunt uh, for a little bit, and then I'm like, okay, well, this is what everyone else is doing, so I'll sit down and watch. Turns out, I sat down to watch it at probably the worst time to sit down and watch it. Uh, and I won't go into too much spoilers or too many spoilers, but there's a point in the movie where it explains the movie and that's where I started watching it. So I didn't get any of the buildup to it. I just got, okay, things happen and things are happening to these two people. That's weird. Like cool SVU episode. This is good. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to be fair, like things were interesting. Like, I, I mean, I, I enjoyed what I saw. I uh, was excited to go back and watch it, but it was so it was so weird watching the first part of the movie after the second part of the movie and going, oh, this is what they set up before I saw what I saw. Weird. Yeah. You know, so I can I can definitely tell now and I, I really can't be angry at you anymore for a lot of the movies that you haven't seen or decided not to see, because uh-huh. I can now understand how your life has been a series of unfortunate events when it comes to watching movies, because you just happen to just walk into stuff at the wrong time. So I don't blame you anymore for that. I still hold a grudge for, for the whole Hannibal thing, though, but I'll let that go. <laughs> not the RoboCop thing. You're not mad at me about that you there there wasn't a series of unfortunate events for that one you just you know got sucked into the wrong part of the movie (laughs) that's true that's true if Devin was around in 1980 he would have walked into the theater when vader says i am your father and not seen any of empire (laughs) or star wars before that no he wouldn't have it sounds about right 
Everyone that knows like, his dad the whole time? Well, that's stupid. I'm not watching any of this. <laughs> All right. The robot's his dad. Dumb. Next. <laughs> the robot's his dad. <laughs> no, you would walk into that scene. It would be, th- you'd see him fall, and then he'd just be like, Father. And you're like, what the hell is this movie? Like, it's just him talking to his dad through space. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Okay. It'd be so, about right. Okay, so you guys brought up the whole Helen Hunt thing. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, whenever whenever I think of her, I automatically go to Twister. Me too. I go I go to Twister, and then it jumps to what uh, uh, to what women want, and then it jumps to Mad About You. Like that's my Helen Hunt like filmography in my head. Like it, it goes from her movies to her TV show. What do you guys know her from? I mean, she's pretty popular, so I mean, this is like you know, a, not a hard question. <laughs> I mean, I know her from Mad About You in the '90s. Not yeah. that I ever watched that show, but I think my parent, my mom did. So I, I remember her from that, and just because I know pop culture. Um, but movie-wise, it's it's what women want, and then probably as good as it gets. With Jack Nicholson. That is a good one. Devin's got went I wide eyed like he doesn't I have know her, what that is. No, I have her. Uh, I have her IMDb page up because I'm trying to see everything that I know about her. Because I don't. I've never seen What Women Want um, or As Good as It Gets, and and I don't. I don't know her from those uh, or Mad About You, which is apparently another big one of hers. I just know her from Twister and Castaway. Uh, but apparently, I always forget about Castaway. Yeah, about Castaway. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, I mean, she's a very small part, but it's important. Oh, she, she uh, has a pivotal part in that. But I just saw that she was on Captain Planet and the Planeteers as additional voices, and I'm not upset. <laughs> but okay. uh, yeah, that's all I know her from. I don't think I've ever seen the other movies you guys mentioned. Okay, so uh, one of the, so, I mean, I'm... I'm not good with other actors, but there's one other actor in this that I really want to talk about before we okay. get into the actual storyline and everything. Hawkstetter. Young Hawkstetter. The kid mm-hmm. who they... they the, uh, the young man who they reveal halfway through the film, his character, that actor, plays the young Hawkstetter in the new It movies. He's the real tall, lanky kid with the black hair. Oh yeah, and he's th- and he and he's the corpse that gets reanimated to drive the car around. Huh. In number two. In uh yeah uh yeah, in number two. I didn't know. But I didn't know that was him. That's Hawksetter. That's his like best friend in. Uh, is in okay. Is in the first one. And he, Kristen and I both agree that he is our, in the first It movie, um, he is our favorite, like, kid, like, 80s kid, because to Kristen and I, he, uh, he was the best, the, uh, the costuming, his physical acting, mm-hmm. he was the best one at displaying somebody who actually came from the 80s for us. And just his presence. And and then, you know, to see this movie and actually see him act 
I'm really happy about. Like, that's one of the things I like about this movie is his performance in it. Um, I've been on a Clone Wars kick. Re, uh, I've, uh, I've been re-watching the show, and I uh-huh. re-watched it today because I've only seen this movie twice. The one time that Kristen had me watch it and I thought of you guys, and then today before the, the cast. And I was thinking to myself, if they were to have redone, like, let's say they didn't do the prequels and they're doing them now, I could see him playing teenaged Anakin. Oh, yeah, I can totally see that. I'm on board. So, like, that's my thing about that one actor. Was there anybody that stood out to you guys that wasn't Helen Hunt? (laughs) Uh, Yes, actually. There was one actor that did stand out to me. Uh, The the guy that she has the affair with is uh, Sam Tremell. Okay. He was on he was on True Blood, and I watched that for a hot minute back in college. Oh, cool. fun! Uh, he he played a uh, he ta- he transformed into animals, maybe just a dog. I can't remember. That shows a blur. Hang on, it had a second. something was to do he, with vampires and. Was he one of the like main characters? Like, was he the one that owned he, the bar at the beginning, the first season? Yeah. He turned yeah, into a werewolf. Him. Or he could turn he into whatever he wanted, but I think it was a werewolf. Yeah. My mom was obsessed with that show. I saw the he first season like he six times. He wasn't the werewolf. That was uh, Joe Magliniello. Okay. It, I know that. Um, I know that he turned he, into he, animals, though. Yeah. 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 That's about all I remember about that show. Okay. Um, I know that one of them was a fairy. Like, I think the girl. The main girl was a fairy. Yeah. But yeah. anyway. Ro- yeah, Rogue was the fairy. Yeah. Devin, anybody for you that stood out besides Helen Hunt? Did you recognize anybody or? Yeah, uh, very, very tangentially and only because I had to look her up on IMDb because I was like, she sounds familiar. Um, the one, That's all it uh, takes. <laughs> the lead actress, uh, the one that plays the uh, Mindy, um, yeah. she is a voice on the new DuckTales series. Oh, cool. She I knew plays, you were going to say that because I saw that. Yeah, she plays <laughs> Violet Saberwing. And I was like, oh, hey, I know her. I know that voice. Okay. So since we went over that, I'm going to break this. I'm going to break the story down real quick, and then we'll just Good. dive into everybody's notes. So All right, let's do it. What this movie is about is about a family who's having problems. They're having normal, run-of-the-mill family issues, and creepy things start happening. Halfway through the film, they show that there are these two young adults who are living with them in the house, trying to stay unnoticed. The one of them. The the, uh, the actor who played Hawkstetter that I was talking about before um, starts to really mess with the family, and it ends in a shootout and people dying. So that's the basic overview of the film, um, and I'll get into more about my feelings later on. So, uh, who wants to go off their notes first? Um, I where, guess I'll go first. Yeah, go for and it. Where do we want to start? Where do we want to start? So. I, I had to go back and rewind this movie a few times just to double check a few things. Yeah. Okay. Because when it ended, I rewound to the halfway point of this movie and to exactly where you think it would be. Um, yeah. This, mo- this movie is split right down the middle story-wise. Like yeah. The first 45 minutes, is, like to the dot, is the family dealing with – there, I wouldn't say it's norm everyday normal family tra- drama. Yeah, I, it's a little bit more extreme than that. It is. Um, I was just trying but, to be a simple overview. I was trying to- yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Um, 
so I I liked it up and I was kind of curious where it was going the first 45 minutes and then it changed style completely like for the most of the for a good chunk of the second half it, or at least the beginning of it it jumps into this found footage mockumentary like documentary style with uh-huh. them talking to their camcorder and I, I found that a bit jarring and I'm glad they didn't stick with that the whole way through sure because uh, if they had if they had stuck with that the whole way through, it would have been better in a, in tinier pieces. Like I didn't need to see everything for as long as I did in that second half. I f- I feel like it could have the film could have been benefited from having that cut down into s- different chunks, like just smaller pieces of this is how it all happened. Like a, a quicker reveal than just another 45 minutes of everything. Like just get us caught up faster, but it's a feature length film and you need to fill time. So I get it. Um, Let me look at my notes here. I don't know if it's just because of the work I've been doing for my job recently, but I could tell like every time they use it's like, Oh yeah, they're, they're using a drone. Uh, (laughs) Cause there's a lot of shots where it's like, okay, Drone shot. We get it. You have a drone. Okay. No. Aerial shot. Okay. Yes. Like every time I saw an aerial shot, it it just hit me like a a brick. I was like, ugh. okay, I get it. And I've been looking at drone footage a lot because I'm taking the test to be certified for it to fly drones. So that really stood out to me and distracted me from the film. I'm trying not to hold that against it, but they relied on those shots a lot. Mm-hmm. And for a three for a three million dollar budget, I know it wasn't a helicopter. They used a drone, which is fine. <laughs> I I'm a big believer of use what you got mm-hmm. to get what you want. So, yeah. and it worked for the most part. It was just a lot of it, <laughs> like a lot of the establishing shots. Like, but the biggest thing that distracted me was the soundtrack, which we can talk about later because I'm sure Devin has his thoughts. Um, yeah, so let me, I have a lot of very nitpicky little things to talk about, but let me talk in broad strokes because we're, we're at that point. It looked to me, so I, I almost misspoke on our last podcast. We did the Clone Wars, uh, and I said, I don't think I like when a conversation that you just saw extends and there's like a character to the left of this scene that you didn't know. I misspoke and I or didn't complete my thought when I when I said that because my favorite Back to the Future movie is number two. And that's all that movie is, is, hey, remember one? (laughs) Marty McFly was running around in the background of that, too. Uh, And that's a lot of what this movie does is it's, hey, remember this thing? Guess what was happening three feet to the left of the camera? But the thing that I think this movie does well that didn't make that didn't bother me about it is I liked that it recontextualized what you saw and it leads you to believe, hey, things are un- things are unfolding in this way. And then it goes, no, actually, the person you're rooting for is actually the bad guy. The person that looks like the bad guy is actually kind of the good guy in this case. And I like what it did. My overall impressions of this is I think it's a pretty well-written story. And I think that it's very clever in a lot of the things it does. And I don't think there's too many loose ends um, and I didn't pick up on any plot holes, but I wasn't specifically looking for them. I just don't think I like the director. I think that the director made a lot of weird choices, like Alan said. I think he saw Gone Girl and went, I want to do that. And then picked, like, the first 
like good script he saw that was a mystery and was like, here it goes. And then just made it. And I think that the script for this deserved a better director. I, that was my mic drop moment. That's all I got. <laughs> I mean, I can definitely see, I can definitely see, uh, is where you're coming from with that. I mean, Gone Girl was the first movie that Kristen and I bought, uh, that Kristen and I bought, um, that we don't have a hard copy for. We bought that oh, wow. on Amazon on digital. Um, in fact, I think that's the only movie we have that we don't have a physical copy of. Mm-hmm. And I've seen Gone Girl once and I really like it. I don't know mm-hmm. if I could watch it again because I enjoyed it the first time. And then you got that twist at the end and I'm just like, oh, I can't sit through this knowing that's what's going to happen. I can't. I can't. <laughs> so I haven't I, I've seen never it seen, since. I've never seen Gone Girl. Do you like it's drone def- shots and Neil Patrick Harris? Cause you got him. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, I like, I like Neil Patrick Harris. I like Ben Affleck. Hey. And I like David Fincher. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm Alan. I really think gone girls up your alley. I really, it's do. a worthwhile Probably. movie. It really is. It is. Probably. Um, if only we had a podcast where you guys could make me watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Ryan, I got yeah. a question for you. Yeah. How did they market this movie? I have no idea. Okay. I honestly I'm looking do at, not know. I'm looking at the trailer now, and it's pretty much marketed as a horror movie. Well, no. Okay, so okay, so when you said marketing, I didn't think of like I think of everything, like everything I'm that has trailer. To, trailer. Okay, so because you trailer. said you sat down and watched the trailer yes. for it, and what Kristen loves horror movies. Yes. So that like got her. Me, I'm wish washy on it. Like I'm fine with horror movies. I just don't want to be watching them all the time. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's not so, personal. So um, whenever Kristen finds a movie that she likes, it's mainly a horror film, and she has mm-hmm. me watch the trailer. And most of the time, I get interested in them, and then she she pretty much knows what I like and what I don't like. And what can take me out of a movie? And whenever those happen, she just tells me what the, she just tells me what it's about. And if Got she it. doesn't see any of those things, she's like, "I really think you'll like this." And so I sat down and watched the trailer, and I'm like, "Oh, this looks like a good psychological horror." They're making it out that like Helen Hunt's character is going nuts, and she's like, you know, hurting the family. And they did a good job of hiding what this movie was about. Because mm-hmm. I thought the whole mask thing was something that she wore whenever she went nuts and she would go off like killing people. Like, that's what I got from the trailer. And I'm so happy that's not what it turned out being. <laughs> um, but and, uh, I, see, this is the type of trailer usage that I like, because, I mean, technically this could kind of be a horror psychologically. I mean, when you really get down to the nitty gritty of it. I, I don't know about that. I think the first half, yes, but I think you lose all of that when you get that big reveal halfway through. Yeah. But, like it just cuts away all the, te- takes away all the tension for me. But, I mean, yes, true. At that moment it does. But then he starts acting weird and you think he's going insane. And then towards the end, you realized why he was doing what, uh, um, is what he was doing. And that's, and that's, and that's and that's where the psychological horror part comes in is the unsettledness of it is it being unsettling and just okay okay build up attention be like what it's fine it's just a bunch of people living in their attic like what what's 
what's the big deal? And then you're like, hang on a second. This kid's going nuts. Like he's shaking. He's peeing on the guy, making him think, <laughs> you know, making the yeah. character think he wet himself. Like he's going insane. And then you realize at the end, like, holy hell, there's a reason for this. There's a reason why he picked that house. Because Mindy, or was it Mindy? Yeah, Mindy. Is it, yeah, Mindy says to him when she's doing her, like, opening for her blog post using the camera, um, she, uh, she, uh, no, no, no. It was when they ran into the garage. She mm-hmm. says, uh, you picked a good place. So he knew the guy lived there from the beginning. And for people so listening you, who may not get it. So you, I'm sorry? Yeah. Okay, so you think he knew the whole time that it was his house? Yeah. He's the one that Devin, picked you, the house. I know, but I thought he just picked a house. Devin, did you read it like that? Because I didn't. Now that Ryan says it, I read it like that. I actually missed the line, you picked a good house. I thought she No, I, I heard that line. House. Yeah, I missed that one completely. See, I guess I just have a problem with it waits until the very last frame of the movie to, to clue you in on everything. And there's no like moment of, okay, this is what happened. It's just like, oh yeah, he was the kid from 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, like, cause there's a moment where he's like, I know what you did to those boys. I'm like, yeah. how the hell does he know? And then it's like, okay, so he was the kid. Got it now. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it's credits. I'm like, okay, I could have used a little bit more, leading into that I know what you did to those kids because that kind of took that took me out of it when she's like I know what you did I didn't like I didn't know like I was just like how does he know the girl died it took me right out of it I'm like trying just trying to figure out how he figured it out see to me I um, like that well that was one thing the movie did very well I like well. that kind of stuff it's efficient the movie it doesn't give the characters too much character aside from like what they need for that moment like you know, uh, Helen Hunt is is apologetic and sorry for her um, for her debauchery. Uh, I mean, for a little while, like the, I think the person that gets the most character is like the the dad. I mean, spoilers, but like the dad slash serial killer child abductor. Like he probably gets the biggest arc in most most like character progression. But everyone else is just kind of like, OK, here's who they are. This is their character. Son's mad at mom. Son's mad at dad. Son's just going to be mad the whole time. Uh, Mindy <laughs> is, you know, Mindy is in this house and she doesn't want to get caught. And that is her the whole time. And it doesn't take these characters on very long journeys. But just because of the scope of where it's filmed and like it's only it all only take place like in a house and in like two other locations, really. And you only see like five characters the whole time. Like, it just feels like a very tight, very, like, condensed movie. And I think that's, I, I thought that was interesting. It, it is interesting. And I, I, I will give it props for that. It does a good job of keeping everything self-contained. I just wish that there was, I wish there was a beat with the father, with the murderer knowing that he was the kid from before. Yeah. So it would clue the audience in before before the very last scene of the film. Like, what if, like, the serial killer or the, the dad, like, recognized the Pez dispenser? And, like, like what if, like, kid or the, the guy, like, accidentally left it laying around the house and the dad picked it up and went, what? 
Like that would have been interesting. Yeah, so, well, something like that. Oh. I got it that he did because when he stepped oh. into the light, when he was holding the gun, the father went from going, "You're going to kill a cop. The hell's going to come and rain fire down on you," and all that other stuff. And he steps into the light, and the father goes, "Please don't. You don't understand. When I was a kid, and then he shoots him dead. You he know saw what? his face. I totally and then he get realized that. who he was." I get that. I get that on a second viewing of it. I get it. I think on the first viewing, since you don't know what's happening, it looks like it looks like guy with a gun is getting more serious and cop is now out of good excuses and is just scared for his life until you know the twist. Then you go, oh, my God, he recognized him. And you have to do that after the fact. Yeah, I'm I'm with Devin on this one. I got (laughs) it the first time I saw it. I knew. I was like, hang on a second. That's a big change. He he has to have known him. So, like, it wasn't that, ooh, no, it was definite. It was just like, he knows him. He knows him, was, and that's how he knows about the kids. And then it, and then, and then that last scene was confirmation of what I was thinking. I think, I think for me, I didn't pick it up because I was still busy trying to figure out, like, where the hell did that green knife come from? Like, mm-hmm. why did he have a green knife? Like, like the the red herrings distracted me to the point where I didn't pick up on that. What, what do you mean the green knife? The green knife. Okay, so when they when he ties up the kid in the bathtub, yeah, mm-hmm. there's a, he put he sticks a green knife in the soap. Yes. But they don't address that. Uh, they like I was I was stuck on that. Like why? So the murderer put a green knife with the son. But if this kid's not the murderer, then where did he get the green knife? I was confused by that. Until that last scene, I was like, okay. So, but I'm trying to figure out, like, wait, where did the green knife come from? Where did he find that? Because he didn't get it from the car. She found the bag of them in the car. Do you get what I'm saying? No, I, I got it completely. And that's one of the and and to me, like, okay. So when I watch these movies, mm-hmm. I just let it hit me. I don't think too deeply about things. I just soak it in. And I react to stuff as they happen. This is, to me, watching this movie, it's one of those things where if you're not paying attention at any, like, second of this film, you're going to lose information and you're going to be completely lost on, on, uh, is on the ending. And I'm not saying you did that. I'm just saying that this is one of those I movies think, that this If anything, to. I think it, it gives you, it gives you too much information up front and then it just rushes to the end. Like, it pu- push, puts all the pieces together for you too quickly i think you need a a slower reveal of like him with that knife earlier on or something because it all happens in the matter of three minutes that you learn that he was the kid from before and that he gave him a knife that flashback scene just solves too many problems for me like i wish you would i wish they would have given away more in the present and not in the past if that makes sense true and this is and and this is why the movie only has 6.7 stars out of 10 on IMDb. And it's mm-hmm. because out of the three of us, I'm the only one who is like, yeah, no, I'll watch this movie all the time. I love I love the way that this thing was made. And you two have legitimate issues that, you know, that you have with it. And that's why this thing has a 6 out of 10. Here, here's my biggest issue with this. Ryan, why did you wait until after Parasite to make us watch this? <laughs> well, for anybody who doesn't know, I'm smiling right now. It was a good. It was a good phase. 
Because to me, this is an American parasite. Well, okay. I knew you were going to say that. Okay. I I'm knew you were going to say that. Yeah. So, I mean, so, I mean, here's my thing. To be honest, the week prior, I was bouncing back and forth. Like, I saw Parasite, mm-hmm. and I'm like, do I really want to do I do I really want to have the guys watch I see you being that these two movies can be argued to be really similar just uh-huh. on basic premise just on basic premise people living in a house of people who don't know that they're there just straight up so I'm thinking do I, do I really want them to watch this I've got other movies I want them to watch I haven't done any sci-fi movies like I said I was going to this year yet like you know mm-hmm. to, to continue that thread I'm like you know whatever I really want them to see it I don't want to forget about this movie I want to have this conversation so I was like whatever we're, we're gonna do it and I also wanted a palate cleanser film mm-hmm. to kind of like reset ourselves a little bit because of the movies that we have been doing, I wanted uh-huh. something that's just kind of like jarring different. And then we can go forward from here. I mean, you're not wrong. This was, I mean, this was I mean, different. And like, I didn't hate it. Here's the thing is I didn't hate it at all. I'll watch this movie again. If like Romana is like, I'm really in the mood to watch this. I will watch this without complaint. I want that. Mask. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I didn't hate it. I, yeah. like I said, I had no expectations for this and I wasn't disappointed. I, it 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 was entertaining. I enjoyed it. It made me think, and then I was it threw everything in my face at once, like like a <laughs> like a pie on Nickelodeon. Uh, and I'm sorry. I am sorry that going from Boss Baby to Parasite wasn't jarring enough for you. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, like we had a like we had a rhythm going, and going from yeah. Boss Baby to Parasite. I mean, we were doing. Um, we, we were doing the award winners for, you know, Mm -hmm. like a few straight weeks and then we did some like just random stuff and then we got back to the award season and now that, now that that's done, I wanted to do something different, like a movie that we really don't normally do per se, that's not an award winner because to be honest, if I would have never seen this, I mean, or if. Like we don't do a lot of movies like this. Yeah, you're right. So I wanted to do a movie that was like this to kind of like you know break things up a little bit. But um, but yeah. Because I mean, but really, anyway. what was the last horror movie we did? I mean, because we did Silence of the Lambs. Was that it? Halloween ish. Yeah, I mean, we don't do a lot of horror on this, and I'm I you know I like horror as much as the next guy. I'm happy to do horror. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a big horror guy. That's why I don't usually make you guys watch horror. Um, this was in at least six film festivals, but I can't zoom in enough to see which ones. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that's cool. Cle- Cleveland International Film Festival, but I think that's because it was shot partly in Cleveland. And in the words of Drew Carey, Cleveland rocks. Mm. <laughs> Ryan didn't seem to agree. Yeah. No, I got it. With I Drew Carey? I got it. So I did. You don't agree with Drew Carey? No, I said I said I got it. (laughs) I just didn't laugh as hard as Devin, and he was like, you know. But anyway, so I did have a real question about this movie, and I was trying to figure it out for some of the movie. What's Helen Hunt's job? Because she goes to work, and all she has is a notepad, a plant, and a diffuser on her desk, and it looks like she's She's just a therapist. 
She's a therapist. She she's a oh, counselor. Because okay. was it uh, the dad's buddy at work says, "Have you guys? Have you guys? Uh, are you guys seeing a counselor?" And he said, "But she is one." <laughs> oh. So uh, yeah. This this movie does demand that you pay attention to it, like, and give it your all. Because I kind of took yeah. the tack on this movie of this time watching it of. Well, I know where it's going. I'm going to watch it, but it's not going to have all of my attention. And I'm kind of paying for it. Like, I didn't get that she was a therapist. I was just like, wow, her desk is sparse and looks like an Ikea catalog. That's going to be a thing I say next. And like, just. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, movies like this, I really enjoy because this is how I watch movies. This is how I want to watch movies. I want quiet. I want no interruptions. And I want to pay attention. I, the, the, getting ready to talk about this, uh, one of the, one of the thoughts that crossed my mind is the setup for me to enjoy movies like this happened with the Matrix, because uh-huh. if you're not paying attention to the first Matrix and listening to exactly what they're saying and getting the little hints, you get completely thrown off and you're confused. Why mm-hmm. is that man holding a copper top battery? <laughs> right. If you're not paying attention, that whole explanation goes out the window. Mm. And but at the same time, when he's holding that battery, though, he's show- telling you why he's holding a battery. Yeah, I know. But there's still people out there that saw the battery and that threw them off and they didn't listen to it because they weren't paying attention to begin with. <laughs> like, what Even is the though battery? he was explaining to it. I can't tell you how many people that I know who saw The Matrix and were like, I don't know what it's about. Like, he tells you what no. it's about. Pay attention. And it was one of those things where, like, the Matrix movie set set me up in how I watch movies. It mm-hmm. set me up on the, you pay attention, because if you miss one sentence, it's going to throw everything off. Yeah. And that's why I like movies like this, because they fit the way that I watch them. Or it's like, almost everything that was done in this film was intentional, and you needed to pay attention. Because if you missed the one and a half second scene where that kid's plane uh, plane uh, is with the silverware, you don't know what happened to the silverware. Right. And then that becomes a loophole. And then it's, oh, but they didn't explain the silverware. Well, did you blink? <laughs> did you blink? <laughs> so I did, I did want to do a little bit of research on this before the podcast today. So I tried. Uh, and one of the things that I like clicked or do I typed in like, you know, or I see you. And then one of the links was I see you loopholes. I didn't click on it on purpose because yeah. I was trying to think of a loophole on my own because okay. I'm not I'm generally not good at coming up with loopholes. I think I found one for Back to the Future three the other day and was like not proud of myself. But like when you say loophole, do you mean plot holes? I, I I mean, like a plot hole or like an inconsistency or anything. It's kind of my umbrella term for anything that didn't add up right. Um, And I think I found like a plot hole for Back to the Future in meh. But like, did you guys find any in this movie? Because I was trying to find them on my own and couldn't. But I'm also pretty bad at it. I wanted to, but I couldn't. Yeah. Like just looking at like looking at it from one viewing. I was like, okay, everything pretty much checks out. Yeah. At the, but you have to wait until the very last frame of the film to get that, mm-hmm. um, which is frustrating to me. But <laughs> it also also works. Um, I didn't really see any. Ryan, how about you? 
I saw it twice, and the second time through, I was trying to pay attention to see if, like, stuff happened that they didn't really explain too well. Mm-hmm. And I really, like, I can't think of any. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be something. I mean, I'm sure there are. And I maybe I'll pop open the article after this just to see, like, and, and I, it has to be something stupid. Like, the timing doesn't work out right when the dad leaves and, like, takes Mindy into the woods and then brings her back. And then, like, that, like, doesn't line up with, like, how the timing worked in the first part or something stupid like that. Like, it has to be something like that. Yeah. So w- what did you guys think about how this movie opened with the kid on the wire? And what was your thought when they showed the kid being, like, basically swept off his bike? I had to make sure I wasn't watching The Outsider on HBO again. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely opened like that, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I got a lot of Outsider vibes from this, and it's not that it came out – like it's copying that. It's just very similar in style Yeah. with more, with more drone shots. And instead of Alabama, it's Ohio. Hmm. Um, well, I knew that this that's was – That's what I thought. Yeah, I mean, I knew this was billed as a horror movie first, and I knew that the first part of it was supposed to be a horror movie, and the second part was supposed to be explaining and expanding upon the horror. So that shot set me up as though it was a ghost movie, because I didn't know, like, I didn't know if it was supposed to be like a slasher movie, a ghost movie. I knew it was supposed to be horror, and I didn't watch the, the preview. So that shot, I'm like, it's a ghost movie. And then I was like trying to pick up how somebody would perceive it as a ghost movie afterwards. Cause remember I had the twist spoiled for me. So I'm like, is it that the flower cup is haunted? Is it that like, cause <laughs> I tried to carry my haunted theory throughout the thing. And I was like, the record player and the flower cup are haunted. The pictures are haunted. the silverware. Like I didn't know. I, it, I, it took me so long to figure out what type of horror movie it was supposed to tell you it was. Cause I knew the twist. Yeah. See, I I didn't know the twist, so I was prepared for it to be just a straight up spirit haunting them, haunting the house. Is that um, what it, is that what it was going for? Like on, like I said, I, I ruined it for me. Did you guys get ghost vibes, or was it slasher vibes, or was it like psychological horror? Like what was it? I just I just I thought it was just like a a ghost. Yeah. Messing with them. At one point, I just thought that the ghost was something separate from the murders, which I was kind of like whatever was happening in the house was separate from the murders. Yeah. And the beginning of the film, because you have the dad go off and play detective, uh, literally. Yeah. And then, um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I got ghost vibes because you have that long shot where it comes in and watches them. And I think that's all bef- like. Like it, it doesn't like. There's that shadow in the final shot of the opening before it cuts to I see you, and I mm-hmm. was like, "Okay, what's going on?" So I was like, "Okay, so it's a ghost. Got it. Okay, <laughs> moving on." Yeah, there are and scenes in this completely... movie though. Yeah, there are hmm? scenes that got me though that I thought were very tense, even though I kind of knew where they were going. Like when the son's getting the the IMs on the computer about, "Do you know what frogging is?" And then you have that shot of the shadow against the door, which is the first time you've seen a shadow of what you've been getting a perspective of. I was like, whoa, this is actually a very cool, like, sequence. 
I mean, you see someone on the other side of the door when they locks the dad in the closet. Yeah. That, yeah, that's true. I think, I, yeah, this one just felt more present. And I think it was because it was like a point of view shot. Like, I was like, oh, this is a thing. And it just like seemed more intense to me. I, I think part of me was like, maybe someone was just living in their house. I was like, yeah, no, that's weird. <laughs> like, no, they wouldn't do that. <laughs> Yeah. Have you guys ever thought somebody was living in your house that shouldn't be? Yeah. Alton. Alton? Hold Alton. on, that was more specific Alton, Illinois. than... Alton, Illinois was the town that my parents and I lived in before moving to Pennsylvania. It is considered huh? to be the the most haunted town in the country. Um, so this could be that too. But we lived in a house that was built right after the Civil War. It was pretty big. Um, huge windows. And there were times when, like, it there had to be people in the house because every single room had a door. Every single room had a freaking heavy oak door because it was just the way those homes, those homes were built in the Midwest. And every night they would slam because the only way to get them closed was to slam them. And my mom would go and slam them all closed before we'd all go to bed because the only way to get to my parents' room was through mine. So yes, Devin. How, no. Devin, how about you? No thanks. No thanks. No thanks. Sorry, uh, Ryan. Uh, yeah, all the time. That's one of my biggest fears is that someone's just living in my house. Uh, in my house that I grew up in, um, I was told that whenever uh, the house was being built, there was somebody who fell into a hole, uh, and nobody noticed him falling into the hole, and they poured cement on him and killed him, and that his spirit was just wandering around the house trying to get out. I don't know why I was told that. No one died building that house, but that's what we were told. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's kind of stuff all the time. Like, oh, there's a bump. It's probably someone. Have you thought it out? We actually had, we actually, we've actually had it happen. We had squatters in the apartment above us what? at one point. <laughs> yeah. So when we first moved into this building, our landlord was renovating the other two apartments. Uh-huh. And, he had rented out the, the top apartment and given the keys to the guys. But since they were college students, they weren't moving in right away. Mm-hmm. So they gave the keys to their buddy to crash there for a few weeks while uh, before they came in. And my landlord walked in one day and was just going to do stuff yeah. in the apartment. And he sees this guy there like, do I know you? Huh. You don't live here. <laughs> Get the hell out. Wow. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, um, I actually, uh, after this movie, I was like frogging. This sounds a little weird. So I looked it up um, and I found a few articles from like 2006, uh, from like 2006, 2007 and YouTube videos from like news coverage from like 2006, 2007 um, of mainly, mainly, mainly the articles was, were, of, you know, like basically titled frogging real or urban myth. And it was just Mm. blogs of like, you know, what people have heard. And then there's videos from like 2006, 2007 of, you know, people catching other people living in their home while they were there. So, I mean, these things do happen. They're very rare, but still, I mean, you know, it's a paranoia some people have. So if this if this trend started in two thousand five, two thousand six, um, 
do do we blame George Bluth and Arrested Development for it? We should. It's basically the plot of it. I'm going to assume that if this thing was around in 2006, 2007, that it's been around for a lot longer than that. If people have been doing that, like, if you get, like, the random person who has the balls to do something like this, I'm going to say people have done this in the 80s, people have done this in the 70s. Hell, it would have been a lot easier to do it back then. Yeah. Uh, I just, mm, that is that is a legitimate phobia of mine. It's just that, like, I mean, I have, like, a like an attic crawl space, like, right over there. And, like, when we were, like, touring the apartment, I was like, yeah, what's up in there? He goes, I don't know. I'm like, oh, you don't. Have you looked up there? I'm. I don't want to. I don't want to know. I think you should. I, I'm. Nope. I, I mean, think you should look right now for the pot. Do it for the podcast. It, but I need like a ladder. It's like too high up. Like I need. It's a whole production to get to. But Devin. Like, yeah. Dev, here, don't do it now. Here, let me do it. Sometime mid morning. Open up all the windows in the apartment. If not, open the windows. At least open the curtains. Make it as bright as possible in the apartment. Okay, open all the doors. Yeah. And just look. Why? Why why does that make it better? Believe me, it'll make you feel better. It probably Light will. Light and if openness. Did... Light and openness. If you don't want to go up there yourself, get a selfie stick and just turn your flashlight on your camera and then just stick no, it up there and turn don't it do up. that because you're five times more likely to see a demon or a ghost doing something like that than if you are with your actual eyes. Yeah, but no, I know exactly what's <laughs> living in his crawl space. I've seen enough movies. I know, I, I know who's living in his crawl space. It's going to be okay. You're going to look up there and be like, oh, hey, Chad, how you doing? Come on down. Let's have a beer. <laughs> Friend of the show, Chad. Um, yeah. But I, that's the thing is like, I don't want... Have you seen Chad in the last few weeks? I haven't. Like, he like, could be anywhere. He's, he's living in your crawl space. <laughs> That's where he's quarantining. When you're in line at Target, he's snuck in. And he just he's been living okay. gradually on us. That's why our hummus is going away. Got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So the so the opening scene I asked you guys about. Um, yeah. Yeah. What did you think of thinking back on it? If mm-hmm. if you can remember, because I to get I just saw this for the second time. Watching this a second time, knowing who the father is knowing that the father is the one who's like killing all the kids. Um, his reactions to stuff is very telling when you know, it's him the way that he acts. Um, like when, when his partner finds the wire in the forest that was Mm -hmm. strung up to like get the kid off his bike, referring to the opening scene. Um, he holds up the wire and he says, no, this is how he knocked off. Prior to that, he asked the dad how, you know, uh, how, how he thinks he got the kid off his bike. And he was like, oh, it was probably somebody he knew. You know, he probably ran into somebody from his family or something like that. Like he was completely wrong on it. Mm-hmm. And it's one in one sense, you could say, well, he's trying not to incriminate himself. Mm-hmm. But. When the guy picks up the wire, the look on the dad's face is just, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. But if you don't know that, it comes across as, man, I feel like an idiot. But knowing, you know, 
watching it through a second time, his face is definitely like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't pick that up or I forgot about that or something. Like, it's that. definitely like an oh, shit moment. Um, but anyway, besides that, kind of alluding mm-hmm. to it, um, I definitely liked Helen Hunt's acting in this. I really did. Um, I mean, she, for as much as she's in the advertising and the poster for it, she's not in it that much. No, she's not. She's only in it for like the first half and that's it. And I get that she, I get that she's a name. So I think that's why, but yeah, she wasn't, she was in it a lot less than I expected. Yeah. But I mean, she did do a good job in it. I mean, like I would say that I would put this up next to Twister because Twister is my favorite. Twister is my favorite thing that she's done. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I like this movie as much as I like Twister, but I like, but I like her performance in this as much as I like her in Twister. I like her cameo in Friends. That's good too. <laughs> I forgot she was that. <laughs> no, I think she did a good job. Um, I I especially imp- appreciated the scene where they were at the they were digging the grave. Yeah. Uh, for her like ex lover. And like, I think she was just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I was like, that seems like a pretty real response to this. Like, yeah, just like she's nonsensical just... apologies. Like, she's so out of her mind. Yeah. I called that the Goodfellas scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, ha- I have a big problem with that scene. Tell me. So they drive by this search party with all the flashlights to dispose of a body. If anyone ever finds that body, someone's going to be like, well, you know... Wait, when did you find it? Well, if it was put there then, we did see this car drive by, and I'm pretty sure it was the cop. Like, it was just, like, really awkward that they drove by everyone and just kind of made eye contact with them as they drove. That's a good point. I didn't really, I didn't look that I, far into I thought into that it. was odd. Yeah. I think that has to do with, like, the dad's, like, cockiness and that no one's ever going to find out anything that I do. Especially, like, how he shoots the other side of the wall. Like, he plays the whole, like, I'm going to throw off the local detectives unit that yep. I work on. And he shoots the wall behind where he was standing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, totally. when you're framing someone for a murder, that's what you do. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm just saying. But there was a lot of cockiness. Not that I know. Him. Yeah. <laughs> Devin, if I go missing. No, I, go I know what happened. <laughs> so I think, I think going back to, like, the ending reveal and, like, the lack of details and everything that goes on. I kind of wanted them to, I kind of wanted the dad to just say like why he started killing it, like capturing these kids again. Cause I know it's because his wife is start like was cheating on him and he had a break, but I would have liked them to say that in the movie. That way I'm not just theorizing about that because I want to know that that's why like his wife calmed him down and then she cheated on him. And then he's like, you know what? You know how I'm going to handle this? I'm going to go kidnap some kids again. I I want to know that. I don't want to know that when he's holding the gun on him because I hate the villain speech because it feels unrealistic to me. This felt more realistic. I kind of wonder if they had a villain speech in here and they just cut it out because he's like, when I was a kid, nope. Like, I kind of <laughs> think that's what happened. In, in, in my mind, like, I've watched a ton of SVU. Kristen mm-hmm. loves us for you, and I've seen all of it. And one of the big things that they talk about in SVU, because one of the things I like about SVU is that they give a realistic view of the psychology or the uh, 
the psychosis of people who are um, sex offenders to a point mm-hmm. in some of the episodes. And one of the things that I like and what's documented is what they do in SVU is when they have a person who was abused as a child who ends up abusing as an adult because it can be a cycle. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen to everybody, but it can be a cycle. And yeah. I've seen that in in so many episodes in SVU, and I've seen it referred to in other forms of entertainment where you have somebody who's a child abuser, um, a child molester, and it turns out that they were, and people try to like mm-hmm. make that out to take pity on them and, and all that other stuff. And in this movie, I almost feel like this was kind of like a a giant middle finger to all of that. <laughs> <laughs> because the because the because the dad was about to explain why he killed kids and this guy you know being one of those kids he was just like I don't care boom kills him because at the end of the day there's people that just don't care about that stuff because what they're doing is wrong and I felt like that was the other side of that coin of like on one side yeah. it's well we have to treat these people you know like there's trauma in their life too that we need to fix so that they become a better person but then on the other side of the coin it's but there's still a criminal you know and yeah that's why i really liked that scene um mm-hmm. but i just took it that he was like abused as a kid because he was shot in the middle of of the sentence of saying when i was a kid and then he's dead so well, I'm going to I th- I think assume what, that's where it was coming. I'm sure from. that's, I'm sure that's yeah. part of it. But I was looking at it as these kidnappings happened 15 years ago. Their son's about 15, no. so I yeah. think they he stopped around the time that they had the kid. That would make sense, though. And you know what? I, yeah, I'm happy that they didn't explain it because then we wouldn't have this conversation about it because it would have been obvious and everybody would have known. But you picked it up. I mean, I'm sure there was like a two-page. I'm sure there's like a two-page. Yeah, I'm glad I picked something up. Uh, (laughs) You picked up more um, than that. I know. Um, Okay, so real quick before we wrap this up, I hated the music in this. (laughs) I was okay. So I didn't hate the music in it. It felt like they picked music for the trailer, and then they were like, Mm -hmm. "That works. Let's just do that the whole time." And exactly. And it felt like they were like the music was just like, this is important. Did you know this is important the whole time? And like, fine. Like, it was definitely a choice. (laughs) See, to me, there's no difference between there's no difference between what they did in this movie and Jaws or what they do in other films when it comes to using music to uh, 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 to you know, like show something was going to happen. I mean, but in Jaws, dun 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 dun, they're telling you it's going to happen. Eh, I'm not going to be scared of a shark. It's going to be jumping out of the water. I can hear its theme music there, a mile uh, away. Okay, here's the difference between this and Jaws. The the John Williams theme to Jaws builds up to the shark attacking. Yeah, he's got dun 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 dun. But you know it's going to happen. And this is just bomb, bomb, bomb. Like it's just the Hans Zimmer horns in your face inception trailer stuff that you see in all the trailers now. And I think it was just too much for like, I don't need that sound over drone shots to know something's in, about to happen or just happened. The thing is, it was, it, it was too much and it was jarring. It, 
it reminded me a lot of older horror films that I like because I like horror films. A lot of them are older and a lot of them use this type of music in them. They use heavy horns. They're loud. They're piercing. This is just to me, that's just part of the genre of the film. Maybe that's why I don't like horror then. I mean, that's a good point that I didn't think about because you're right. Like, and I'm trying to think about like, like old, like 70s style horror movies that like, I bet you like Ryan where like, it is a, they're very loud movies. What's up? Rosemary's baby. There's a lot of music in that. That's in the background. Yeah. Well, no, it's not just that it's music in the background. It's the same horn in the background of every scene. What was the budget on this film? Three million (laughs) dollars. Half of which probably went to Helen Hunt. (laughs) Exactly. That's another reason why I don't really judge this film that much on that. I'm not judging it. I'm just saying it was distracting for me. That's fine. That's fine. It was distracting for you. It was just in your face and weird spots all over the place. I mean, that was one of the two reasons why I said I didn't like the director was the the music choice and the, the shot composition. Yeah. I just I, I don't think I liked that, but I liked yeah. the movie and I liked the writing and I liked the plot. I like the I, song I, that played three times in this film or four times off 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 the record player. <laughs> I like that. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was that, that was, was nice. a good song. I'm talking about the score. No, I know. I know. I know. Go. Going, going off of what's something that Devin said, I liked some of the shots they did in the house. I, as much as I, I pick on this, the drone use in this, I like some of the like moving shots in the house, but it also felt at times like the camera just wouldn't stay still for anything. <laughs> like You got a lot of push-ins and pull-outs and turns, but it didn't feel like the camera stayed still all that much. It was just a lot of camera movement, which is fine, um, but I, I really like some of the shots that they did in this. And to it's a beautiful house. I want yeah. to live there. So same here. Yeah. And to me, that's where this movie has its indie feel to it. Because mm-hmm. there were a lot of stuff in this where it's like, yeah, this is definitely something an independent filmmaker would do. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, a director that has more than four films under their belt wouldn't do some of the stuff that he did. And whether that be from, you know, just doing it a lot. But, I mean... I like some of the risks that they took in it when it came to some of the camera shots and like how uh, mm-hmm. and how and how they split things up. But yeah, I mean, one of my favorite shots is when they're in the kitchen and the uh, and the window repairman shows up. And the film cuts to the look of like shock on her face. And then you can see the guy in the silhouette through um through uh through through the glass door and it's just her trying to figure out what to do because she knows that he sees her yeah and then you've got that look of panic on her face when she's like we're not going downstairs anymore that's one of the things i also like about this movie is just the acting overall from everybody was sound Mm -hmm. like i wouldn't say that there was one horrible actor in this they all did uh they all did a decent job yeah, uh, I do have a question for you guys. Did the sound seem to like cut out for you in spots? I don't. What think do you mean? So. Um, okay, so there were there were moments. So there were moments where there was no one talking and nothing happening on screen, where the audio just fell flat. And I don't know if it was just oh. my TV doing a weird thing or my streaming cutting out, but there would be like a moment of silence. But there, there's never any actual silence 
on a, on a movie. It's always, there's always a room tone. And I felt mm-hmm. like I could hear that cutting out in spots. I was curious if you guys picked up on that at all. I was listening to it pretty loud this afternoon. I didn't catch any of that. Okay. I No, I didn't hear it. It could just be me being yeah. crazy. Yeah, I had headphones on. I know that, like, the worst sound thing it did to me was whenever uh, they had, like, the found footage part of it. Sometimes he was really soft and really hard for me to hear. But that was, like, the worst okay. I think it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely had to... I had to definitely rely on subtitles on this movie. Because mm-hmm. either there were times where it was too quiet or they were talking really fast. And what they were saying yeah. just sounded like gibberish. <laughs> Especially no, there was a Mindy. line the dad said where he was... Yeah, or there's a line where the dad said where he was like... And I was like... What was what did you say there? And I like I like rewound it and it just was and I'm like, all right, here come subtitles, I guess. Yeah. So um, before we leave off, I feel like it would be uh, a good thing to uh, I guess like a last question. Uh, What 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 was your guys reaction? I mean, Devin, you're going to yours is going to be different. So this is probably more towards Alan. Yeah. How big, if any, of a shock did you have when you found out that um, the dad was the one that bludgeoned the ex-lover in the basement? Because I feel like that's when, like, your depiction of him flips. I, okay, so it made me, that moment made me like, okay, a lot of what we saw in the first half probably didn't happen the way we saw it. Uh, it makes you question everything that you saw up to that point. So that's why I, I think that's part of the reason why I was overthinking things like trying to put everything together, trying to make sure everything made sense is because of that. And like make, making me rethink everything that I saw in the first half. Um, I was surprised by it. I didn't see that coming. I thought it, like the first half of the, uh, the first half of the second half of the movie, it makes you think that it is the kid who pisses on him. But yeah. I, I like that twist. That's probably one of my favorite twists of the movie is that he was the one who killed that guy in the basement. Yeah. Devin, how how was your depiction of that whole thing since you saw like <laughs> Well, your, it's weird because know, un- Yeah. If you just watch the second half of the movie, they don't go into the fact that like they the cheating happened very much. So really all I saw of that guy up until that point on my first watch through was he had a coffee cup dropped on his head and then the dad killed him. And I went, wow, the dad's a jerk. And like, that's kind of, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like I expected it to like, cause you saw like, you know, the kid, like the skinny kid, like slowly go crazier and crazier. And I, I think like a lot of people expected that to be him, not knowing that we got part of that earlier, but I was like, all right, if anyone's going to be killed here, it's going to be this, the family from this kid. Um, yeah, it it didn't end up being like that. So it was a little shocking. Um, just anyway, like, because even in the second half, they don't show you the dad in too bad of a light. I mean, he's the guy that keeps finding the pictures that are, you know, taken. Yeah. So well, I yeah, uh, I was shocked that uh I'm sorry. Uh, I thought you were done. I'm sorry. That's why I started. Oh yeah. No, okay. Um uh my 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 uh and then my last statement on this. What I really like mm-hmm. about this film is that it gives you the stages of what you dislike about characters. Mm-hmm. And in the first half of this movie, 
you want to hate Helen Hunt's character because of what she did. Mm-hmm. Because of the affair. You want to hate her. Mm-hmm. And then you want to hate the kids because they're frogging. They're doing what they're not supposed to be doing. They're living in these people's homes. They're stealing their food. Um, and then you're supposed to hate the crazy kid because he's a psychopath and he's peeing on this guy. And then to go up a notch further, it's like, oh, my God, this guy kills kids. I want him dead. Like, it's it's a great depiction of, like, what do you hate more? And it's like, okay, this woman had an affair. She cheated on her husband. That's horrible. She's 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 a horrible person. But she's not as horrible as somebody who is sneaking around and living in somebody's house while they're living there, stealing their food. But that person's not as bad as somebody who pees on somebody else when they're asleep. But <laughs> all of those people are saints compared to somebody who kills a kid. Like, I like how there's a, a scale and they showed it throughout the whole film. <laughs> I mean, but at the end of it, they're all still kind of horrible. Oh, yeah. No, they're all. Horrible. I mean, the, the, the only one who's maybe a little bit redeemable is Alec because he was doing it as revenge for being yeah. kidnapped as a kid. He was mentally scarred. I mean, good for him. I yeah. Mean, I yeah. cheer what he did. It's just, it sucks that that girl had to die because he wanted revenge. And that's basically what, what happened. Like, he picked the house. I believe that he picked the house because he knew the guy lived there. And he didn't mean for her to get hurt, and she did. So, yeah. You know, there's that. I I think she had, like, thinking on like about her, like, last night, like, that is the worst night ever. She gets, like, knocked out, wakes up in the back of a murder van, gets taken to a murder house, gets knocked out at the murder house, gets taken back to her, like, the house she was just in, and then she's shot. Not to mention, before all that, she was drugged the night before. Right! Like, she yeah. can't stay awake. <laughs> Moral of the story, don't frog people. Yes, don't, especially me, Chad. Yeah. <laughs> God, I hope Chad listens to this and be like, what the hell did I do? (laughs) I'm going to ask him to listen to this one. He's got to. Yeah. All right. Uh, Anything else on uh, ICU before we wrap this up? No, I like that. I'm good, guys. All right. So next week, Devin, it's your turn to make us watch something. All right. So I was thinking about it, and I really liked our DreamWorks double or triple feature, like a lot. Okay. So I think I got an idea for us. All right. I was thinking about it. Throw it out there. Uh, I want to do a video game triple feature of video game movies. And I know, Alan, I I know, Alan, you haven't seen Detective Pikachu. Correct. Oh, yes. So that's my pick. My pick for you is Detective Pikachu. I know there are other video game movies out there to mixed success. Do you guys have ones that you would like to make us watch? Because that was a lot of fun, those triple features. I, I have one that I ha- I have one that I have to look and see how easy it is to find. Ryan, you go ahead. Okay, I have one <laughs> or all already on the tip of my tongue because we've talked about this in the past. Assassin's yeah. Creed. We have. Yep. All right. Good. I've seen Assassin's that one. Creed. Alan, have you seen that one? I have not. Okay. Then I'm I'm pumped to talk about that movie. Because, Ryan, have you played the video games? For which one? Assassin's Creed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Okay. I've... 
I definitely have. I have played all of them, and I have opinions, so it'll be good. <laughs> I'm very excited for this. Then, I have you played have, them. I played one, two, and I'm in the middle of playing Odyssey right now. Hang on. So you played the first one. Yeah, with Altair. You played Assassin's Creed Two with Ezio. And oh, and I played Brotherhood, the one where he's in uh, oh. Rome. Oh, good. I was afraid <laughs> you were gonna. I was afraid that your luck with movies was gonna transfer over to your video game play. Thank God that didn't happen. Oh no, oh. I got you. Okay. Okay, so I have my pick. Okay. Wait. It's no, 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 no. no. It's Mario Brothers, isn't it? It's Mario Brothers. <gasps> Yay! Oh, I'm so excited. I'm totally happy with that. Good choices, by the way. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. So that'll be... That's a lot of homework. <laughs> it's a good homework, though. You guys are so lucky I didn't pick, like, Doom or Street Fighter or... <laughs> Doom with the Rock? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a good one. I like... I'll say which one I'm glad Ryan didn't pick after we're done recording. So, <laughs> all right. So tune in next week for our video game triple feature. Yes. Uh, make sure to subscribe and leave a comment on our podcast wherever you're listening to us. We are available on all podcasting platforms. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook. And if you have any comments, go ahead and email us at you have to watch this podcast at gmail.com until next week. Uh, for you have to watch this podcast, I'm Alan. I'm uh, Ryan. And I'm Devin. And we'll see you next week. You teach me how to see all that's beautiful. My senses touch your world. I've never pictured.